Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm joined by a return guest of the show and my brother, Drew Zanskis. What's poppin', Drew? Oh, not much, not much. How about you? Not much, not much. Just ready to get into some of the draft talk. Uh, but of course, uh, that's what we're gathered here to discuss. But friendly reminder that we are still the reigning champions of the National Basketball Association. Uh, no more queen playing today. That was definitely uh, a thought. But I also had to consider the uh, fact that Freddie Mercury may sue me uh, from the grave. May he rest. May he rest in peace. Uh, however, uh, before we get into the draft, uh, Drew, since this is our first time talking to you on the record, uh, since the title, do you have a particular moment from this title run that sticks with you that you think will stick with you for the longest or um, perhaps an underrated aspect of this championship you'd like to shed more light on? Uh, I, I suppose not even like a moment from it, but like my feelings of when they won, uh, I'm a big Packers fan, along with being a Bucks fan. And uh, when the Packers won in, like, 2011, I remember being very excited but feeling like, oh, I thought this was going to feel a little more uh, uh, sustaining, you know, feel a little stronger than it was. And then the Bucks win, you know, it was very surreal. Uh, it, I guess due to all the struggles the Bucks have had in my lifetime, that one meant a hell of a lot more to me than the Packers one did. And I just, I don't know, the completely different feelings mm-hmm. uh, very extremely exciting yeah 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 good point it's well interesting of course there's been a lot of drama for our packers fans out there i talk a lot of being more of a casual packers fan admittedly but i surely have love for them um do you watch do you watch individual packers games yet i know you didn't i'll no i'll admit i I try to watch them, but Sundays are typically days where I record and write. Oh, yeah. So that's fair. Um, I won't. I definitely don't really care if I miss Packer games. That's but fair. we may have had some average-ish years as a Packer fan, from my memory. But in general, we've never been bad in my lifetime, from mm-hmm. what I could recall. Yeah. So yeah, a Packers. I definitely would have felt less emotional about that, but. I remember back in the Nets series is when it started. Of course, we had the our first 0-2 comeback of the fi- of the finals run, and I love the sentiments that, that people said, where it's just like these aren't typically games that Bucks fans win. We're a lot more used to being let down. Yep. Of course, mm-hmm. never trust the Bucks. Even though I try to urge people to be more positive, usually I didn't blame people for saying it for the past decade but I, th- I think i think now we have more reason to not say that yeah i mean I, I definitely like uh did not expect to win that series i definitely distanced Mm-mm. myself from the bucks kind of just being like i need to see you do it on a grander stage i did not have expectations to beat the nets so mm-hmm. when we did it was uh pretty euphoric i mean jesus yeah taking down kevin durant i don't care if they're <laughs> beaten up or, or whatnot kevin durant is an animal and uh 
That was absurd. Yeah. Plenty of respect to Kevin Durant. We don't say it enough on here. Um, Kevin Durant terrifies me. Just a monster. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I we we definitely don't bat an eye if people say that he's the best player in the world, no. despite what Giannis just did. Um, what other point? Oh, and I mean, I think you and I also talked a lot about um, being afraid that that twenty nineteen may have been our yep been been our window, mm-hmm. our single time because it's tough to win even one championship. And then letting Brogdon go, of course. I mean, now that that all seems so so minuscule at this point. But yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the Pacers to, might even move on from him now. Yeah, know? it's like oh, it's an afterthought mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I think you were kind of the you're the voice in my head that sticks when I think think a lot about well, like Brogdon's definitely a, a good player at his at his best, and he was a diamond in the rough for us, but his health concerns are real. So, yeah, you know, you hit on a second round pick, you don't always resign him to $25 million. You can't yeah. just shake your head at $25 million. Let's, let's calm down. And, uh, yeah, Drew Holiday has obviously paid, paid off well, but clear. Yep. So I guess we will, we'll get into the, get into the meat and bones of this and go into the draft. We'll start out with the bucks since this is a buck show and their activity on draft night. Um, they, Initially had the number 31 pick, which was the Rockets, because we moved on from what would have been our 24th pick uh, with the P.J. Tucker trade. So we essentially just moved back seven spots, even though it looked worse at the time, giving up um, a first round pick. It was just moving back a handful of spots. That was moved on draft night shortly after the draft started to the Indiana Pacers for the number 54 pick, the number 60 pick, and then two second round picks. Um, the way these were laid out to me were a little confusing. So pardon me if this is a little twisted. It's pretty rare yeah. to get four second round picks for one second round yeah. pick too. That's, that's a haul. I'll say. So the first second rounder, it's the 2024 second round pick, the more favorable of which between the Pacers and... Um, either the Cavs or the Jazz. There must be another embedded protection in there. Wow. And then the 26th second rounder is the more favorable uh, between the Pacers and the Heats. So, yeah, pretty pretty good haul. And at the end of the day, even though we will later on list out certain guys that could have definitely helped us next year, there's a chance of it uh, with some veteran talent uh, early in the second round. Could have helped us, but we're, we're already in the tax, and these are the <coughs> cheapest possible uh, salaries that we could that we could get. Um, yeah, I, I mean, believe. it's even tough to say if Bud would have even played. I mean, yeah. if they were higher end second round picks, so you have to kind of keep a level head there. Uh, uh, these long term uh, assets here that might need some work, especially uh, the first guy we drafted here, Mamu, uh, might pay dividends, might not, but. Maybe wouldn't have played anyway, so yeah, might not matter regardless. Mm-hmm. And I believe so. Second round picks. Um, there's the rookie skilled contracts. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Drew. This isn't super. This isn't super deep cut. But I think the rookie scale only applies to first round picks. Yeah, does that sound right to you or no? Uh yeah. Where they get the first two are. Uh, guaranteed, and after that, it's two-year team. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, second-round picks is typically only two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, 
I could very well be wrong with this. I'm going to say it anyway. That second round picks, regardless, are all just the um, rookie <laughs> rookie minimum. I think so. I think, I think it could maybe be negotiated differently. Either way, it's the cheapest contracts that we could have possibly gotten for roster spots. We're obviously mm-hmm. already in the tax, and it's and it's about money and not and yeah, not diving deeper in the tax for a rookie. So that's fair. So the individual we got with the number fifty four pick is Sandru, Sandro Mamu, Mamu Kalashvili. A 22-year-old out of Seton Hall. He was the co-Big East player of the year this year. 6'11", 7-foot wingspan. Uh, I really love the point from Sam Vecini in his draft guide. He said, Maybe the most bizarre player in the 2021 NBA draft. Can't emphasize enough how weird his game is. And that's not really hyperbolic if you watch any of the YouTube clips out there. Um, Adam Spinella from YouTube, I snagged a lot of his analysis for this. <laughs> Shades of Jokic with his, his creativity. You can see where he's saying that, but um, we're not going to put money on Mamu being uh, definitely not Jokic, but I, Drew and I probably wouldn't put money on him having no. more of a role than Sam Merrill did this past year. Um However, he's quite unique. Uh, he can he can run pick and rolls. He's able to break free from perimeter defenders because he he has uh, that many tricks in his bag as a ball handler. Um, moves well for his size, especially in transition. Um, can definitely um, can definitely go coast to coast, rebound and run. Um, he can drive to the basket off of pick and rolls. He shot. 37.5% on catch and shoots um, this year and then 40% the year before, although he's not he's not a great um, shooter off the dribble, which will cause individuals yeah. to go underneath on, on picks for him. Um, <laughs> really struggles on the defensive end, mainly struggles to move laterally, uh, not much of a rim protector. Uh, can't create his own shot. We talked about as a pull-up shooter this year. He shot um, seven of thirty-one, twenty-two point six percent. He made only a third of his post-ups, which really stood out to me. I know he plays more like a guard despite his size, but still disappointing. I mean, he's six and six eleven and big, even if in uh, less favorable uh, ways. Um, overall, uh, I named his catch and shoot numbers before, but overall, then with off the dribble and catch and shoots and what have you, he shot 33.6 from three last year, 34 over his career. Not like, not terrible, but not great. Um, yeah, just not the most inconsistent, uh, not the most consistent shooter and inconsistent streaky shooter. Uh, Drew, do you have any, any other thoughts on... Sandro in general? I have a lot of thoughts on this guy. He's a very interesting player, as Sam Vecini put it. Uh, I, I mean, I'm seeing he's listed as a center slash power forward. Uh, he's really just a center. Uh, mm-hmm. He can't really guard any position. It, it's kind of shocking. When I was watching his highlights, uh, based off of how poor he was defensively, I assumed he had a, 
a negative wingspan compared to his height, uh, and he doesn't. It's plus. He's six eleven with a seven foot, maybe seven foot one wingspan, and uh, can't guard anybody. Uh, he's not really a, a threat as far as like interior defense. Uh, offensively, it, it it's funny, you know. He's uh, pretty fluid, so you'd think maybe he'd have lateral quickness defensively. He just doesn't. He's a yeah. turnstile. Everybody gets right by him. Uh, uh, and, and you know, it's weird. It's it's almost as though he's not a has issues with concentration because he's pretty good from shooting from three. But if you just ask him to kind of create on his own, it's uh, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as if you're going to – was it pick 54, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're throwing – you're just throwing darts at the wall here. Uh, I mean, this is a – he looks like he could be something. Uh, he's going to probably have to put on weight. He's only 240 pounds, 6 foot 11. Uh and then, you know, try to figure out how to guard people at any position here. Not that uh, – I mean, a question about Jokic when he came in was uh, weight, but also uh, if he could offend. Uh, Jokic figured it out kind of. Uh, this guy needs to figure it out as well. I imagine he probably won't play this year. Uh, it would be really problematic if he played this year as well, given our <laughs> – you know, that yeah. would be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but – Maybe if he needed to, maybe Giannis and other good defenders on our team could make up for it. So, I guess he landed in the right spot, but uh, we'll see how it works out. You can't really have too many expectations of the 54th pick, but I'm feeling pretty good about uh, a guy at 54. Uh, he has upside. He does, yeah. He's interesting. He it. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of torn on how to feel about his fit. Because the draft in general is a crapshoot, so I would think that fit would especially be something you look for, especially when you have the success that NBA that we've had as NBA champions. Um, I mean, negative defensively, we've tackled that. Yeah, can ha- can handle the ball. Um, Shockingly, but well. we yeah, yeah, but we like that isn't necessarily. I mean, shoot, if he can grab and go, and if he has Giannis next to him, that, I mean, that could be, he can, he also, he, he does look for lobs a lot, which this team is more than infatuated with, and he can do catch and shoots. I guess my hesitation was just like, okay, he's best with the ball in his hand, but we wouldn't want him to have the ball in his hand for the most part. No, Either I hits, mean... not super consequential, but... Yeah, I mean, he likely probably won't play, uh, but we'll see. Uh, he, he's got some few some quirks to him. I mean, I would if you, if you really are a hoop head, you know, you might as well just uh, check out his YouTube highlights. It's very interesting. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, his highlights pop more than other players that are probably better than him. But uh, yeah, every time he passes the ball, he like flicks his feet up, you know, trying to make it look like a highlight, even if it's just you know a, a routine pass. It's uh, very good spin, very good at spin moves. Uh, very good passer. Very good at dribbling for a six eleven guy. Uh, pretty th- fluid athlete. Um, give him a look, but maybe uh, don't expect too much here. Yeah, for the love of God, I can't um, emphasize this enough. If, if if our pessimism is turning you off from even looking at his highlights please look at his highlights they're 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 a trip in themselves it does it deserves at least one watch and i'll probably be doing it at least a few times just this 
upcoming week, but I don't know if I really have much more to learn about him. He he has certainly impressed me more than I expected <laughs> yeah. for a fifty fourth pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm gonna go get another beer. Go for it. Um, I'm good for now. For now, our number sixty pick. Um, I don't have a ton of analysis on him because he. When I went on when I went on YouTube to uh, find find analysis on him, I couldn't find any any like reliable sourcing, so I didn't want to regurgitate regurgitate facts that may or may not be true. But our number 60 pick was Georgios uh, Kalitsakis out of Greece. Uh, And he played in Europe with the Nassus. And so only anecdote I really have on him is from Mike Schmidt. Is it Schmitz? Schmitz. It's Schmitz. I wrote down Schmidt. Um, Mike Schmitz. uh, He was on the draft broadcast. He was... Kind of excited about it, but I think more so based on intrigue versus uh, actual production. Uh, he's 6'6", long arms, a wing who can handle the ball a little, downhill driver, very versatile. He was a hot name a couple years ago, but he is somewhat of a surprise here. Um yeah, I mean, and that's really all I got. Do you have anything? <laughs> I, I, I'm shocked Mike was uh, passionate about this pick at all. Mike's a very nice guy. I'm probably assuming that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, the most positive thing I heard about him was three years ago, he was a legitimate prospect and not much came from him. Yeah. Uh, he's a draft and stash. He's probably a permanent stash. Uh, the Bucks probably don't want him to come over. So, yeah. I, I mean, his, his stats look fine. Um, I'm not saying he's horrible, but he's probably not an NBA player. Yeah. Or yeah. Or a fringe NBA player. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So Oh no, yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. I have no expectations mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um so that so that's fine. And I guess a couple snaps for choosing choosing another Greek. I guess the last anecdote I'll have is when I was YouTubing to try to find this guy, I typed in Georgios and he wasn't even in like the drop down for uh, for yeah. that search. Maybe Georgios is a much more common name in, in Greece that maybe there are plenty of Georgioses out there. But still, if he's getting drafted, I would have thought he'd come up, especially in my suggestions. I think it is actually a very popular name. Yeah, I, that makes sense. Um, but I'll just go over now. I'm going to cover some potential choices that I that I thought would have been interesting at number 31 had we kept the pick. Um, Wait, before you get there. Uh, oh, yeah. Georgios is actually the most popular male name in Greece. So <laughs> okay. We touch on that. Most popular female name in Greece is Maria. Maria. So continue. Sorry. I just read something. After the dragon slaying saint and the mother of Christ... So, Georgios and Maria are named after the dragon-slaying saint and the mother of Christ. And that's why they're the most popular names in Greece, representing uh, over 8% of each gender, respectively. I mean, I get it. I'd name my child Georgios. Especially after after a dragon-slaying saint. That's sick. Um 
I digress. Choices at number 31 that would have been available to the Bucks before I list them off chronologically that I have on this uh, board for Drew here. I We were pretty much uh, consensus between the two of us that the three names that would have stuck out the most were Deuce McBride and Io Desunmu especially. And I'd definitely throw Jared Butler in mm-hmm. there as well. Um, how how would you rank them if you would have yeah. preferred? Like, do you want me to go first? I have a rank that I probably would have wanted. You go first because, y- yeah, you go first. All right. I think they're similar. They they are similar. Uh, the, and this is probably affected by their wingspan more than any, like they're all they're all very good players. Mm-hmm. They all shoot well from deep. They're all solid defenders in the least. Uh, I would go probably go Deuce McBride. <sighs> Probably Iotasumu, then Jared Butler. Wow, just the way that they were typed in there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, and really what factors in here, too, is Deuce McBride was just the most consistent shooter of them all. He shot over 40% this last year. Really? Okay. Uh, pretty young. I think he's 6'3 as far as height and 6'9 as far as wingspan. Mm-hmm. So he's probably a point guard slash shooting guard. Uh, certainly a good shooter. Uh solid defender it seems like he took too many risks on defense you know yeah. he's, he's like 18 that's fine i don't mm-hmm. really care about that you can work that out later on uh i would assume i think he's about 21 22 a little bit older but he, 20 points per game in college yep. mm-hmm. kind of does it all but there are questions on what like his true elite skill is mm-hmm. weird jumper definitely kind weird. of weird yeah um, a lot of leg involved in it yeah and even I think his his release is weird too. Okay. Um, okay. I think it's something with like where his like guide hand comes off early or something. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't know. notice I that. Should maybe, I should maybe watch, watch another clip or so. I was I was kind of debating between Io and Deuce as to whom I would want more, just because Io has already has already produced so much. I thought. I guess in a vacuum, you you would guess that he would be the most ready to contribute right away. I I was but, willing to bet on Deuce's uh, youth, um, mm-hmm. and the amount that he showed and the amount of time that he was there. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, like I really liked all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like this this wasn't like the other guys. Some there are some other guys you had listed here. I, I was just like not interested in at all. Yeah. And those three. Hit right away. I was very interested in. Uh, the other thing about Ayodesunmu, I saw his height listed at different heights between six foot two and six foot three. A little confusing there, but he has a a plus wingspan. I want to say it's around six nine as well, maybe six eight, uh-huh. six eight to six ten as far as wingspan. Okay. Um, Jared Butler is a box six four by six four. Mm-hmm. Uh, box like me, I'm five nine by five nine. So <laughs> maybe I should have uh, favored him a little bit more because uh, we're a little similar there, but. Uh, I mean, he's probably technically the most proven. They just won the national championship. He shot very well also. Um, all would have been good options. Again, it's tough to say if they would have played in Bud, uh, for Bud. They all shot well. That's kind of why it's kind of something I go with here with Bud. If you don't shoot, I don't really expect you to play too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. They would have been good options. Um, but we didn't, we didn't even stick with that pick, so. Yeah, I'm... At this moment, I'm sort of kind of 
getting it twisted a bit with the different skill sets between Deuce and and Butler. Butler, I know, had he fell especially because he had to have a team of NBA officials deem whether or not he was um, would have been medically allowed to. I forget if it was either participate in the NBA in general or in the NBA Combine, but even so, medical red flag was there for sure. But I know he he produced. Well, he's a NCAA champion. Um, I think he's he he received defensive accolades as well. Um, and then I know he can he can definitely shoot. I just I I think that he and Deuce have similar skill sets. I don't know exactly the yeah. differences between the two at the moment, besides the medical for. Jared Butler. I think maybe more, all, more, maybe more accomplished Butler is. But. They, they all do have pretty similar skill sets, in, in mm-hmm. all honesty. Um, Jared Butler was rated the highest um, by both uh, Ringer NBA and by Athletics Sam Vecini. Okay. Um, 25 <coughs> from the Ringer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it, I think he was 17 for Vecini here. Um, okay. Yeah, no. Vecini really liked him, if I can ever get there. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, so I guess those are kind of the three that Drew and I uh, went to as far as who we could have picked there. Um, but otherwise, the names chronologically that went as like the next 10 picks after 31, nine of the, nine of the next 10 because I didn't even know the person who the Kings drafted at like 39, but were Isaiah Todd was number 31, uh, then Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Jason Preston, who has a really... Um, he has a uh, really resilient story. His mother passed away uh, from lung cancer, and he, as a senior in high school, he was living with uh, his mom's friend's son in an apartment, and he was going to go to UCF as just a student, but then he was uh, recruited from a friend to play uh, in, in an AAU tournament, where he played well, was encouraged to go to a prep school where he it, he started on the C team, A through D team, started on the C team, played well, got all the way up to the A team, and then went back down to the C team, and then had a triple-double on the C team, put together a tape, tape of himself, and from that, he was recruited to Ohio, where Miami of Ohio, right? Oh, is that it? I don't really know. Mm, let me check. Um, some some school with Ohio in the name. Um, but yeah, again, another guard here that was projected to go around this spot. Um, oh, just Ohio. Sorry. Okay. Um, but. I think just like a level below the three other guys that we mentioned, he doesn't seem particularly athletic. I think he can shoot. Um, mm-hmm. He's taller than I thought, but but a little light in the shorts. He, yeah, he's six foot four, about one hundred ninety pounds. Uh, I would not have been interested in him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I, this is one where I've been completely fine with trading back for Mamu instead of him. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm less interested in this guy. Yeah, I'm still a great story. Yeah, but... I might just be more married to like <coughs> choosing a guard is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, yeah. but otherwise, the rest here. Um, shout out Liatuva Ro- Rokas Yakubaitis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know a lot of people on Twitter were excited about him. He's definitely an interesting prospect. Did you say um, he's a tall very, guy who can handle the ball, pass it really well? Passer, very good passer. He can shoot from three. Um, he's someone who probably would have fit with us, actually. Uh, I definitely prefer, prefer him to Jason Preston. He was actually kind of at – I was not expecting this from him. when I, You know, when you see like a foreign, you know, like a European name, sometimes yeah. you're like, uh, maybe it's a draft and stash situation. So I wasn't too uh, excited about looking into him. Uh, he caught my eye right away with his passing. Uh, I think he he might be able to contribute uh, even to a playoff team, uh, awesome. even like sparingly like 10 minutes. But no, he looks like a good player. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully he he carves out an NBA career for himself, himself yeah. and, uh, and for Liatuva as well. I think what is appealing about him too is uh, – in general, in the draft, I think he's going to be stashed for one year. So I don't mm-hmm. think he, no matter what, I don't think he's coming over yet. Next year, I think he'll be over. Okay. Um. Yeah. Otherwise, the rest picked around this area were bigs where I wasn't particularly interested in selecting. Um. I know that uh, Tucker and and Portis are free agents, but I was just more interested in getting getting a guard because backup point guard is still in need. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, too, I'm not super concerned about finding free agents that will come to us considering we're reigning NBA champions. And Yeah, you should be able yeah. to funnel in some yeah. minimum guys that can per- yeah. participate. It'll be – I'll maybe have to look into like specific names later on, but I think we, we'll be able to get uh, guys for uh, cheaper than we otherwise maybe would have. Um, Isaiah Todd could have been almost like a – Almost like a raw guy with some Bobby Portis potential for us as a shooter. Yeah. His shot looks awesome, and he um, he's athletic as well. But definitely raw. Played on the G League Ignite. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's he and uh, I think similar to Herb Jones as well. Uh, more of like defensive mm-hmm. guys with limited offensive skill sets, yeah. but uh, versatile defensively for sure. Can guard the pick and roll. And then JT Thor, who gives up, who definitely has a lot of thaw and energy to him, and will be exciting to watch. Uh, yeah. I forget where where did he end up? Is he on your Hornets? It looks Hornets, like. of course. They got JT Thor and Kai Jones. How about that? And they traded for for Mason Plumley. Yeah, taking shots there. Okay. I mean, they might as well. Yeah. Do they have a center on on their roster at this point? Well, I think Cody Zeller He's is up. a free agent. So, you know, he, people have joked, get a Zeller. Or losing a Zeller, got to get a Plumley. Fair enough. <laughs> Jesus, um, I didn't even realize that. So with that, I think we're going to get more into the actual nuts and bolts of the rest of the draft. Um, first of all, there were some trades that took place that affected it. Uh, at the beginning of the week, the Pelicans sent former Milwaukee Buck, uh, Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, the number 10 pick, the number 40 pick and a 2022 protected first rounder to the Grizzlies for uh, the Lithuanian nightmare, Jonas Valanciunas, number 17 and uh, number 51. Um, we'll get more into those pick the picks that resulted from there later on as we go down chronologically. But another big moment from the night, uh, trade-wise, of course, was Russell Westbrook going to the Los Angeles Lakers along with a 
24 second rounder, 28 second rounder for Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Montrezl Harrell, and the number 22 pick in this draft. Drew, I don't even think uh, leading into this podcast we've talked about this much. How do you feel about it? About about the Wizards trade? Yeah, uh, I, yeah we might have different opinions here. Uh, I could see, I could see multiple perspectives. Yeah, I, I I probably would have preferred Buddy Heald on a lower contract than Russell on a lower contract than Russell Westbrook. Uh, mm-hmm. I was talking to a buddy about this the other day. Uh, this feels more like uh, Russ might get traded by the trade deadline. Obviously, that's not the intention. Russ, I can easily see him as a fall guy when things go wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've heard on other podcasts people saying if LeBron James is your best shooter on your roster, that's not great. Not that he's a bad shooter, but, you know, mm-hmm. he likes to set other people up to shoot. Uh, they don't have many people on their roster. Uh, Currently four. It's just four? Yeah, I mean. They're big three or big four if you oh, include Marcus Gasol. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I, uh. Uh, God, yeah, I, uh, I, I feel much more positively about it for the Wizards. Just, I mean, that's partially because the Wizards just aren't that good, you know. So mm-hmm. just throw a little bit of talent there, I probably would have felt good about it. Uh, it's it's a floor raiser for me in case Anthony Davis and or LeBron James get hurt in the regular season. I this might come back to bite me later on. I don't think this helps them as far as a, a championship goes. Uh, Unless Russell Westbrook decides to do something as far as like setting screens offensively, uh, they're already dynamic, you know, on the fast break. So like it's not like they were lacking there. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It doesn't seem like the greatest fit to me. Uh, I would have gone for Buddy Heald, who is cheaper. Mm-hmm. That, that's my thoughts on it. How, how do yeah. you feel about it? I I don't disagree with you. Like I get I get both perspectives because. Uh, yeah, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook are super similar yeah. in what they do and what they need around them. Still very good. I, yeah. like, I can see this coming back to bite me. You know, like this can yeah, definitely... But like- it could also... To your point, they already won a championship with, like, pretty much this core. Yeah. So I don't really... Like, it seems like a big swing for no reason. And Russell Westbrook very well might not play out because now he's been on more teams than Kevin Durant. But a joke I made previously was how many more teams do you think Russell Westbrook plays on? Because yeah. I don't think he. I I would bet money he does not end his career on the Lakers or end, yeah. end this contract on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I could definitely see him getting shipped out before the trade deadline. Yeah. He, yeah, I'm not favorable on this for the Lakers. Yeah. I think a lot of it, it could, well. I would also like, I don't, if we were the Bucks playing them, I could just be like, see myself saying, those are three very good players yeah. that I do not want to defend. Mm-hmm. Try, to fi- try to figure out a way to defend. I would probably just try to, you know, jam up the rim and let you shoot. Uh, good luck finding yeah. the rest of your roster is probably going to be shooters just, here. Just try to make Russell Westbrook go off as opposed to the other two. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think ways that this could benefit the Lakers, well, one, hopefully Russ can uh, carry them through and through carry a, carry a lot of the load through an 82-game season, which could end with them healthier in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, 
I mean, the three of them already do a lot, so even though they only have four guys right now, people will be interested in going there, and you won't need a ton from the rest. Um, I mean, it's, it, it, it is a lot of talent, though. So yeah. I'm, I'm hedging, for sure, as I often do. Um, Russell Westbrook has not been a good three-point shooter in his whole career yeah no i yeah no I'm, I'm i'm feeling more favorable about my original take yeah uh this is this feels like a very isocentric offense uh which is good it'll, it'll work because they're all very good players but i mean jesus ah yeah the other the other two guys around them as absolutely have to be shooters i've also heard comparisons of this to like the lebron's first year when they didn't make the playoffs and where they're just like, they decided, like, we need playmakers, even though we just added LeBron James. And yeah, screw yeah. shooting, even though LeBron's has only played with shooters this past decade. Like, there are hardly non-shooters at all on, on lineups that LeBron James has played on. Yeah. So I would, yeah, no, I, I mean... It's a little gross. Don't, it's a little gross. One of my original thoughts was maybe they think they can get Dame for Russ... I, I, you know, I, I have no, I have no clue. Yeah. Later down the line, uh, that would be a great fit. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not true. <clears throat> okay, well, still a lot more of the draft to get into here, so we'll move on to that. Um, the actual happenings of the night. Uh, this past Thursday, as of recording on July thirty first, uh, on a Saturday here. Uh, so, as expected, Kate Cunningham went first to the Detroit Pistons, as he should have. Though, of course, uh, give people enough time, they will talk themselves out of that. But, to be fair, the top three, maybe four guys on most people's big boards could have gone number one in many years, especially last year. Mm-hmm. So, I somewhat get it. Um but then 2-3 also played out sort of as expected. Jalen Green going to the Rockets and Evan Mobley going to the Cavaliers. However, I also have questions there because I was more so swayed uh, to into being more of an Evan Mobley guy as I did more of my research. Of course, people will have their reservations uh, with... Drafting big men this high because there's more bust potential. But it looks like Evan Mobley kind of does everything that you want uh, from a big man. He can shoot. He can defend. He can move. He can operate with the ball in his hand. He, uh, Jonathan Sharks, who is the biggest uh, Evan Mobley fan, thinks that Evan Mobley can initiate offense similar to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um had they uh the ringer also threw together a lot of anthony davis comps as far as like other big men select selected high in the past 10 years and comparing their similar uh i think block to foul ratios oh i think evan mobley had like in the upper like two like not quite three but approaching three blocks per game this year and didn't foul a ton so evan mobley despite uh, he could he could definitely add more weight, I think, is one thing. Yeah, and there are some questions with his motor. He seems like a more reserved guy, but nitpicking for sure. Um, so I was more of a Mobley guy 
I probably would have gone that way if I were the Rockets, but all the signs pointed to Green to the Rockets for a while now. Drew, do you have an opinion between those two? Uh, we agree here. Yeah. I, I would have preferred Evan Mobley. Um, I, I assume we agree here. I, like This isn't even taking anything away from Jalen Green. Not at uh, all. Like Jalen Green pops off right away if he watches highlights. Uh, good shooter, great athlete, you know, solid mm-hmm. passer. Uh, Mobley, you know, it's t- it's tough to get a guy at this size that just runs runs like a deer. Uh, dribble can, can dribble noises. at this size. What did you say? I just said deer noises. Oh, I'm sorry deer. for the interruption. <laughs> yeah, he's only two fifteen. He's probably going to need to put on thirty more pounds. He's going to get shoved around at the NBA for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very good player. Um, yeah, uh, my, uh, honestly, my only problem with uh, drafting a big this high is I was pretty high in James Wiseman last year. Um, mm-hmm. And I think James Wiseman issue it seems more of like a defensive uh, recognition issue more than anything. Uh, center is probably the toughest position to play in the league or, or point guard. But Evan Mobley seems very safe uh, with a lot of upside. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty great. Um, if you're in a position to take either Evan Mobley or Jalen Green, you're in a good spot too. Or, or Jalen Suggs for that matter. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. It takes nothing away from Jalen Green at all because I think I finally found the right words to put this in. I would say Jalen Green is one of the safest bets to potentially one day score 25 points per game that we've seen in recent drafts. Yeah, I like that. He can like that. score score the damn ball. Uh, he's a nuclear athlete and his shot projects pretty well and he can fill it up multiple ways can operate with the ball in his hand even though he's not like a point guard and looks to score first as as you'd guess but very acrobatic i mean very good free throw percentage uh very good three point percentage uh his assist to turnover ratio could be better a lot of steals i'd assume he probably took too many risks i mean what is he he's probably 18 19 right now Mm -hmm. uh no i I mean, there are years he could have been the number one pick. You know, hundred percent with that. Yeah. yeah, looks like eighteen points per game in the G League, which of course has a ton of talent, especially if you're if you're an eighteen year old going up against uh, those guys fighting to get on an NBA yeah. roster. So shout out to him as well. Shout out <laughs> to his NBA fit, and he's he's also just like. One of the coolest looking dudes. Oh, uh, aesthetically to, to be pleasing, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, what's the show? New Girl. In New Girl, they talk to Nick Miller about, like, like, you know, toxic masculinity. Like, how am I supposed to tell if another man's attractive? Well, they suggest to Nick Miller, how would you feel if you looked like that man? I would feel terrific. That's how I feel about Jalen Green. He has amazing hair. He can jump out of the gym. Beautiful face. No, yeah, I don't. I don't. No, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't feel bad for Jalen. Or uh, his uh, draft suit that he wore. It looked nice, but like the I'm not a big boot the, cut guy. The, yeah, the boot cut. The boot That's, cut. He made him. You know, and like there was some glitter on the suit. Uh, if it wasn't boot cut, I would have said pristine, yeah. fine, magnifique. Uh, but the boot cut made it kind of look like grandmotherly almost. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Very like, it's just a little too disco for my liking. But if anyone could pull it off, it's him. And 
I, I respect it. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of respect. It was supposedly his backup suit. He said as well. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. wow. Freaking guy. Damn. Um, let's see. So we can at that point we can we can move along here and first. We can call it a shock. It's still very high up in the draft. Scotty Barnes went number four to the Toronto Raptors when the intuitive choice would have been slot Jalen Suggs in there. Towards the end, people were like, this is maybe really a three-person draft, but Suggs could have been in a tier. of People have often said it's four-person as well, including Suggs in that. Um, but Scotty Barnes is no slouch either. Talk about We were just talking about Jalen Green, but also... Um, Scotty Barnes really uh, personifies. He's very charismatic. Um, I was going to say he personifies charisma, but that seems weird. He's very charismatic. Um, and also, he can legitimately defend one through five. People laugh about comparing him to, to Draymond Green, and rightfully so, because as Sam Vecini would say, Draymond Green's one of like the top four smartest people in, the, in like this past decade. Um so, I mean, I'm not I'm not comparing him to Draymond Green, but let's not say that it's completely ridiculous. I'm if fine you're, with If you're going to compare someone to Draymond Green, which you probably shouldn't do, but if you're going to compare anyone to Draymond Green, you're going to compare Scotty Barnes to him. Uh, but this definitely has might have implications with Siakam's future in Toronto, or it may not. How do you feel about this? Yeah, and that's partially why I probably would have just gone Jalen Suggs. I, well, I mean, the other part being I just think Jalen Suggs is a better player. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's tough to say because to me, Suggs was the fourth best player and then Barnes was the, was the fifth best player. Uh, seemed like a better fit for Suggs. Uh, it, it's tough for me to argue with Masai Ujiri, one of the best, if not the best general manager in the NBA. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, they made the decision. Uh, it's, it's probably still going to work out well for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotty Barnes has a horrible jump shot, man. It, yeah. That's does not finish no. well as well, especially as you would expect of him when you look when you look at him. Um, doesn't can't like doesn't really create his own shot. He gets Draymond Green comparisons, not just for the defense, but for. Being a facilitator, he yeah. operated as a point guard at times for Florida State. Yeah, and Florida State has been known to hold people back as well. People have mentioned Patrick Williams. I super ironic. Uh, a shock was he number four? Yeah, he was number he was four number last four. year, yeah. and people thought, "Wow, we weren't really expecting this." <sighs> But he showed out, and he showed that he was a he was a he was a good number four pick. I would say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jonathan, for that draft, yeah. Jonathan Isaac also might have come off the bench as well, even though he was drafted as a freshman. Shoot, you know, I, I mean, so that, that's just how some coaches handle it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not wanting to play the the youth over the experience. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't discount him for that. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of good counting stats, even though he didn't start too. So yeah. So, yeah, you and I are also in uh, agreement as far as Scotty Barnes. In terms of Siakam, we don't have to go super deep into it. My thought is people are saying Siakam's gone. 
very well could be. This doesn't bode well for Siakam sticking there, but um, they both still have valuable skill sets. Siakam still can shoot it for his position fine, so that helps, but you can play them together. It's really redundant, and that's even more of a case to select Jalen Suggs, even if Kyle Lowry stays there, which he very well may not stay there. Um, Is that the only reason yeah. they're saying trade Pascal? Because that like that was a minor I've thought just, for me. But I've just heard a lot of people say that as this being the determining factor. There has been talks about Siakam uh, already buttheads with Nick Nurse. Oh, really? I didn't. But hear that. Okay. let's not forget Siakam. Although he's been disappointing compared to where he was before, he was, I believe, and you can look at this up for me. A Second team All-NBA in 2019. Fairly recently, he was a... I think he was second team. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. So, I don't think you would automatically trade someone who's produced at that level already for someone that you haven't seen on an NBA court, even if you're confident in their abilities. That's just where I'll go. I think we agree on that, and mm-hmm. I don't know if we have to spend much more time. What do you think? No, I completely agree with you. I mean, okay. he had a down year shooting from three. I, I, I just, I, to me, it seems. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. What are you? What are you going to get instead of Pascal? Just picks. I, I, I just, I really just don't see it. I get he's paid a lot of money like that. That's a downside. But I. Mm-hmm. People I talked know. a lot about the Warriors, and the Warriors are such a. See, I bought that if it would have been the, the draft picks, Wiggins, and then I don't, more probably. Yeah. Because that, that I would have been fine with that. Yeah. I found it interesting because, of course, everyone wants to trade someone to the Warriors, but it's tough with fitting fitting people with Draymond Green, even though he'll make he'll make anyone better. I think, but I think he'd want to feel pretty confident with them as a shooter. I. Th- like dream I know Pascal isn't like a phenomenal shooter but for his position I it's above average and I think it also would help him that he could have some sort of uh help as like a weak side defender yeah. and rim protector alongside Draymond Green who can do all these other things on defense too but. I mean I admittedly didn't watch a lot of NBA this year I feel like he's getting a lot of grief here for his work last year I mean I mean he scored like a point less. He shot the same percentage from the field. I mean, his three-point shoot was worse. I yeah, I, I can't know. say I, I, I can't say I watched a ton of uh, Toronto either. But they also like were having him almost as a center a lot too, which is an adjustment. They're playing in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, shoot you. I, mean, I could see them just tr- thinking like maybe going like having switchable. Defenders all the way around. If you want Scotty Pascal, OG, Freddie, yeah. uh, insert Gary Trent Jr. I assume, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I my first thought was not Trey Pascal. Mm-hmm. That's not where I went. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We agree. It would be an overreaction. Uh, we had another surprise here early on. Um, it there it was suggested this could happen, but not until very late. Um, so shout out the Thunder for. Um, I would say uh, not showing their hand as early as they could have. They selected Josh Giddy at number six. Um, this has more ripple effects later on in the lottery, but 
Thunder, I think, are in a position to make to reach like this because they have an, an embarrassing amount of uh, draft equity. So um, if they just like someone, they have uh, as much reason to just take them mm-hmm. uh, despite the group think because <laughs> they, they even got more draft compensation throughout this, uh, throughout that night. Um, do you have any thoughts on Giddy or the Thunder's future at all? Uh, I mean, he's a very good passer. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he doesn't really show much. He's very young, so there's upside, certainly. Um, I can't knock them. They have too many picks. Yeah. I mean, what, what am I supposed to say exactly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Completely the jump true. shot's definitely funky, but he is he's an incredible passer. <coughs> uh, I heard something about... Uh, Someone saw his practice with the Australian national team, and he was clearly the best passer on the court. Um, with Joe Ingles being out there as well, so that's impressive to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, his funky jump shot translates. But Thunder have plenty of time to work with him. Um, that meant Kuminga ended up going number seven to the Warriors, which. I mean, I I I thought wherever Kuminga went, he would be somewhat of a steal because the early returns were that he could have been in the mix with some of those guys at the very top. I know I know he's fallen, and there's a reason for that, but still, I I mean, he's he's super athletic and can do stuff off the dribble. Um, definitely has the body type to defend. Um, although he he definitely can work on his defensive awareness as well and defensive IQ, but the tools are there to be uh, exceptional one day. So he's pretty young, right? Like he's raw. Yeah, he's know? he's pretty young. Um, and then the Warriors also ended up getting Moses Moody at number fourteen because because. Um, um, naturally, people would have a lot of being, uh, possibly another project after getting Wiseman um, and Kaminga here. But I think people have a lot of have a lot of positive things to say about Moses Moody translating right away. He's definitely, I would say, he gets the three and D moniker, and rightfully so. And people seem to have a lot of confidence in Moody. So it sounded like they said he was very high on their board for the first pick anyway. Yeah. So they, it sounded like they felt very lucky to come away with both mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I think good on the Warriors there. Um, I guess we can f- let's finally get into the implications that I had hinted at a lot with the uh, Grizzlies Pelicans trade the grizzlies ended up with uh zaire williams at number 10 which a lot of people thought they could have gotten with that number 17 pick Mm -hmm. so they wouldn't have had to take on the salaries of adams and blood so um a lot of people think that they're a victim of the thunder hiding that they were going to take giddy at number six because they would have been happy with Giddy or Franz Wagner, who ended up going number eight to the Magic, who people also have a lot of confidence in mm-hmm. his upside, but also his ability to play right away. Um, yes, yeah, so they ended up so, kind of similar to 
like we t- when we took Thon Maker with number ten, and people suggested we could have traded back. Although they traded before the draft here, um, I could see people's uh, hesitance there. But a lot of people also liked the idea of taking taking a wing with definite upside since they've drafted so well these past couple years and taking guys who can who have been able to contribute on their relatively competitive team right away i think it's okay for them to take a swing uh do you have any thoughts on the ramifications of that trade at all or who they selected or any other moves they made um as far as bledsoe and stephen adams like I mean, they could technically come out ahead on that too. You know, Bledsoe had a down year. Maybe has a, a better year next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think he has something left in the tank. Uh, to me, Stephen Adams and Jonas Valanciunas are kind of like similar. I heard somebody say when Jonas ended up on the Pelicans, that was going to help their offensive rebounding. But mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, Stephen Adams is still a good offensive rebounding center. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I maybe would have made. Uh, a different pick instead of Zaire Williams there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see the upside there as well. Yeah. Now we're going to move on because there are some connections here in both the Grizzlies selection could be viewed as a reach at Zaire Williams, but there's a justification to be made there. Um, maybe less so with this sec- San Antonio Spurs selecting Josh Primo. I believe it was 12. Yeah. Uh, Josh Primo definitely um, definitely doesn't have the ceiling of Zaire Williams, that's for sure. But that has more to say about Zaire, I think. Yeah. Um, Primo's really raw, um, can definitely shoot the heck out of the ball, and has better measurables. I think you said this, better measurables than it sort of looks like on the court because he still has to grow into his frame a bit um definitely a reach a lot of people think that they could have traded back but if they think he has the upside this is another roster with middling talent um where you're okay with them going for well going for upside but you could have gone back. Yeah, I, I just, I also just don't see the upside. Like he's, he's a good shooter, and I feel like the pitch is. Oh my god! Hi, Winnie. Hey, Winnie. It is uh is being a very good defender. Um, he's sweet. Uh, I, th- I think he's the youngest guy in the draft. So like, technically, there's potential there when when you're young. But uh, he's just a spot up shooter <laughs> in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, given the fa- hi, yeah, Thanks, you're sweetie. fine. Uh, given the fact that I thought he was shorter than he was uh, at six five with a six eight wingspan, like you know, that makes me feel better. But I, I probably I, I feel better about Zaire as an <laughs> NBA prospect in general. Wait, do you have something to say? Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. It is it is <laughs> it is also uh, noteworthy that I believe he only had he only scored like eight points per game in college too. So. Um, I think a lot of the potential there has to do with um, just 
the fact that he's young and has has an NBA skill in shooting already, but if if you're picking at this place and reaching, you probably want a little more. I, I will production. say this: like a, it feels as though he, his base, as far as a potential NBA player, is better. Um, because he shot like 43% from three. He shot really mm-hmm. well, uh, and he's a great shot. And, and Zaire shot so horrifically. I think he shot 34% from the field and like mm-hmm. 29% from three. So uh, as far as who's going to flame out first, I would bet Zaire. Uh, Zaire has a much higher ceiling, though. Yeah. Uh, I heard, I'm pretty sure Zaire was hurt early on in the year. Uh, Zaire has much more burst as an athlete as well. So I, I think there's much more potential there. Yeah, and a lot more, um, a lot more off the dribble scoring too, with uh, step backs and whatnot. But in contrast, this was interesting from uh, the Athletics NBA um, live draft reactions. There is a sixty-six month or five and a half year difference between Primo and Chris Duarte selected by the. Pacers at number 13 mm-hmm. and I mean you're not It's there's no <coughs> reason to knock anyone for picking uh, Chris Duarte people have a lot of confidence in him as they should given his age but we've, we've grouped the Grizzlies and the Spurs together and you could argue maybe the Pacers should, would be in that too in a roster with a lot of really solid guys where maybe you want to see if you hit really big somewhere, yeah. but I mean, Duarte has a high floor. How high is the ceiling? Maybe not exceptionally high, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk junk on them with that selection. Devin, you are actually younger than Chris Duarte by about. Oh, <laughs> we, yeah. we talked about it. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, actually, actually older. Well, actually, actually older, older by six months. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, but that's a thought, which I probably have had multiple moments like this, but this is definitely a moment for me where I'm like, This is probably the last chance Yeah, shoot. I would be, I would be very, I would be very old as one of the top five (laughs) oldest people drafted in the past like decade or two if I were selected right now. So Yeesh, okay. Not I guess I should stop expecting uh, a letter from Kentucky, but anyhow, <laughs> um, hopefully I'm not skipping over too many of the middle of the, the first round here. Um noteworthy is that Alper and Shangun who some had in their top uh, five or five or ten of their big boards was selected sixteen, I think, um, by the um, Thunder, but that went to the Rockets, and the Rockets sent two future firsts mm-hmm. for Alper and Shangun, which is a lot, um, I think, for uh, snagging a first round talent. Um, Pretty unheard of, except for last year when I think the Rockets, I mean, sorry, the Thunder, didn't they trade two first to move up for uh, Poku? Poku, yeah, Alexei Pokushevsky. I always oh. mix his name up with Unzegis. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember the name all the time. Oh, yeah, I, I would butcher it too. I always <laughs> screw that up. Yeah. But 
I mean, that's definitely a noteworthy pick because some people thought he could have been taken in the top 10. Absolutely. Somewhere. Um, and then, of course, the capital given up to take him, which checks out given what we just said. Otherwise, I think a big storyline was the Knicks' trades during this. They went into the night with the number 19 and 21 picks. They ended up trading both of them away in, I think, separate deals, if I remember correctly. Could be wrong. They ended up selecting Quentin Grimes at number 25, which I think they're like going into the draft. People thought he could have been taken in the second round. Yeah. I think he's a. I've heard that he's a pretty good story, though, because. He's a name that might be familiar from a lot of high school success. Yep. Um, but then this must be at least his second year. I think he might be a junior. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, if you could check that, that'd be yeah. awesome. But, um, you know, you hear a lot of stories of, like, Trayvon Duval, former Buck, a guy who is, like, a top point guard in his draft class. And then, well... This is this is different, I suppose, because he he was one and done and just didn't do much in the NBA. But for him to be really highly touted, not do great in college, but then rebound in college and then become a surefire draft pick, eventually in the first round here is huge for them, uh, huge for him. And you could see it in his, in his emotions that night. He was full of tears, and we don't blame him at all for that monumentous moment and going to the New York Knicks too, which is which is a plus for anyone anyone drafted. Um, but the Knicks could have had, if they had selected their picks, Kai Jones and Keon Johnson, who each have a uh, humongous amount of upside. Uh, Kai Jones went to the Hornets, which a lot of people projected, even at potentially um, with their number 11. With I their want to num- say 20. I thought uh, somehow they traded for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but people thought Kai could have been even taken at 11. 19. Yes, yeah. yeah he yeah. was, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a wide range there. Yeah, because obviously uh, super athletic big man. People were like, throw him next to LaMelo Ball. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Draft nerds were salivating at that. Um, He's still very young yeah. for a sophomore, too. Uh, he had minimal production, minimal usage as well mm-hmm. at Texas. Yeah. I think Texas had like two or three centers that kind of were involved in this draft, which is extremely um, abnormal. Yeah, he played alongside other similar molds and freak athletes in Jericho Sims. Mm -hmm. There's a clip of him at the Clutch uh, Pro Day where his forehead, he's like looking down at the rim on a lob. And then Greg Brown, too, I mean, if anyone's seen his hoop mixtapes from high school, he's an absolute pogo stick athlete himself with real, like, um, with paired with his athleticism is like a big man, can play like it. Um, and on that note, Keon Johnson at number 21 went to the Clippers in, in the trade. Mm-hmm. Um the Knicks. And then the Knicks even traded down again in the second round. Um, I don't have written down in my notes what what the exact picks are, but they're second round, whatever. Um, My thought was the Knicks have to be very confident that they're getting someone someone in free agency as to why they're doing this because it must be for cost saving if they don't want to take flyers on young guys. We can be skeptical for sure in the New York York Knicks, even despite despite this uh, successful year from them. We can be skeptical in their confidence, um, 
in getting someone in free agency, yeah, as one says. That's the only thing to describe yeah. what they did. Yeah. It makes no sense to me otherwise. Like, I get they had a good year, but there's still plenty of room to grow. Fourth seed is great, but it is in the East. Yeah. And they got absolutely roasted in the first round. Of course, the Hawks surprised everybody, us included. Yeah. Um, but Julius Randle was very bad in the first round. Yeah. Very bad in the first round. He was deserved. I don't remember if he was ultimately second team All-NBA. I don't remember that either. I mean, it, to me, it seems like they experienced an extraordinary amount of luck to get the four seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to face. <laughs> yeah. That is also, face, um, yeah. But, geez. Um, I've heard rumors that they might be getting uh, shooting for uh, getting Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. But, I mean, yeah, we'll see. It uh, looks like he got an all-NBA team. I'm not seeing which one here. Yeah. We can come back to that later on. Yeah, ultimate. I don't. I don't mind if I'm wrong about that. But all NBA second team. Jesus, yeah. man, are you kidding me? I get it. Okay. So now, are the Knicks going to draft someone next year high up, and then people are going to be saying, people are going to be saying, oh, does this mean they're going to trade Julius Randle now? I guess if they're, uh, that's my comp for Pascal Siakam. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. I don't. I don't know. I could see the potential in that. But, I mean, God, I don't, yeah, freaking Knicks, dude. They're always so confident they're going to get somebody to sign. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not shocking in that regard. It's just you know, it's like, oh, you experience success, maybe you'll do it the right way. Um, clearly, they're still just chasing ghosts and free agency that they probably won't even acquire. Yeah. Oh well, it's it's the Knicks. Yeah, they, they get they get plenty of runs. So I'm going to carry on again here. Um, we have plenty of time, but there's still a couple of things uh, to mention. Well, our number 31 pick that went uh, to the Pacers, the Pacers moved with Aaron Holiday to acquire Isaiah Jackson, who was taken at number 22. Oh, yeah. Um, which, excuse me, um, I know that I definitely had question marks with trading up for Isaiah Jackson. He's another pogo stick athlete. Um, I say that especially, I believe it might have been Schmitz or someone else on the broadcast said that he has maybe the best second jump they've ever seen. Um, You heard similar things about Marvin Bagley. Um, But it makes more sense that he would be on the way to Washington versus the Pacers. Okay. Um, But... They also gave up Aaron Holiday in that, which, of course, brother of Drew Holiday, we need to mention as a Milwaukee Bucks show. But I didn't watch a ton of the Pacers, but I thought Aaron Holiday was a pretty productive young backup point guard in this league. So interesting. They really, yeah, interesting. I wasn't that high on on Isaiah Jackson where I think it would have been worth giving up Aaron Holiday. He could be due for another contract soon, which may may come into play. But I thought that was interesting. I really, Do you have any thoughts on those moves at all? We're getting a little later on here. Maybe not. I don't get why Indiana would want another center. It makes no sense. Um, well, 
No, pardon me. I think he's he's on the Isaiah Jackson's now on the Wizards. No, I think. Or did I mess that up? L.A. to Washington, then to Indiana. Um, no, I, I think it is to Indiana, oh, which shit. makes okay. I, I, when you said it because initially I was like, why would Indiana want it? As I said, and then yeah. you said, I, I, I have no clue. Uh, I'm assuming Miles Turner is going to be traded. Yeah. Why would you have four good centers? Like Isaiah yeah, Jackson is it? Even though he's about to box a former NBA center in Greg Foster. Yeah. I I, I mean, this really doesn't make much sense to me. In that. I like Isaiah Jackson on a team, especially the Wizards who need a center. Um, I don't like it as a fourth center on an NBA team. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Yeah. Very weird. Um. So, yeah, we're, we're getting to the end here. We've gone... We've gone quite a bit um i guess i will briefly just touch on other surprises and then wrap it up here um that i don't think we touched on davion mitchell going to the kings he can defend for his size but he is six feet they do already have uh De'Aaron fox tyrese halliburton and as it stands buddy healed who could be on the move but he did not end up on the lakers <laughs> Um, I mean, and they still don't really have a. S- I mean, they technically they still have Marvin Bagley. They still have Marvin Bagley, but they're limited in how much they can pay pay Rashawn Holmes, I believe. Yeah, they are. So that's pretty tough for them. Um, they drafted uh, Nemius Keda out of Utah State at pick thirty nine. Um, so now they have a center. I mean, albeit probably not the great of a center. Yeah, but Utah, that is the guy that I didn't write down on the list earlier because I oh, hadn't heard of him before. That's fair. I, I've heard his name. I haven't watched him. So now they have a center. Congrats. You have one center. Yeah. Um, their ninth pick overall is a backup point guard now. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it seems a little weird to me how, how it all worked out for them. Uh, the Kings are just uh, toiling mediocrity here. You know, the spot mm-hmm. you don't want to be in. They so did sorry. just acquire Tristan Thompson yesterday, actually. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, there was so it was originally uh Thompson. Okay. All right. Thompson to Atlanta for Dunn, then turned into a three teamer. They sent right Ooh. They sent right to the Hawks. Oh, oh, I like that. And then yeah. Oh wow. And then Thompson. Oh, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that a lot for both teams. Okay. I mean I like it more for the Hawks, but Mm-hmm. Wow, and I think the Celtics also ended up with some draft compensation because I remember people saying, "Why would the Why would <coughs> the Celtics get a pick when they're when they're only getting rid of Tristan Thompson?" But and the, the Celtics got Chris Dunn, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you say that earlier? Sorry, I mean. Yeah. Oh, I maybe missed that. No, okay. But that's okay. We're both drinking. Um, true. Very true. So sorry, I'm just gonna push along here. Questionable. From the Kings, yeah, they need defense, but not at that spot. They were made, they were one of, if not the worst NBA defense of all time last year. Um, talk about Josh Primo. Trey Mann was another question mark for some. I remember it was in question. What's the bigger? What's the bigger? What's the bigger reach, Primo or Mann? People were saying Primo just because it was higher, yeah. but Trey Mann also could have maybe gone ten spots back. Uh, I think Vicini said that. That Trey Mann might be one of the best uh, like shooters off the dribble in the yeah. draft, so that's enticing. And 
Did this go to the Thunder too? It did. Yeah. So that also stands with my point. Uh, if you're the Thunder and you have a billion picks anyway, just take they're shots. ultimately kind of worth your your picks are are diluted. I guess a bit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's. There's a, there's a word. If you have so many bites at the apple, then if you don't, there, there are lower shots. stakes yeah, in each bite. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, Drew, pardon me if I feel like I'm rushing because we went pretty long here. We pardon me if I talking over you a bit. But do you have any other final thoughts on what stood out to you with this draft? Any other thoughts on the Bucks in general? Um, a lot more to get to on future episodes. But uh, as far as the draft, uh, I expected more trades. I thought more trades were going to come. None, neither me did. Uh, no, it kind of, kind of felt like it went pretty chalk, honestly. Mm-hmm. And not too many shockers for me, just a few. Um, feeling good with the Bucks. It's tough not to feel good after winning the ship. Uh, mm-hmm. Can't have great picks after winning the ship either. So, feeling pretty yeah. good. Yeah, thank you. And I hope I hope that we covered. Uh, <laughs> try to cover as much of the draft as possible. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of you listeners watched it yourselves. Not many takeaways for the Bucks, but. Uh, more to come as free agency starts um, this coming Monday, August 2nd already. So by the time many are listening to this, uh, free agency might already be starting. So uh, I don't, I won't be quite hard pressed for content yet, but we'll see how the rest of the offseason goes. Regardless, I plan on being here every week. Um, sincere thanks again to Drew for joining, joining the show. Of course, anytime. Yeah, of course, um, brother of the pod. We can also officially say, um, but with that, I'll see you in another life, brother, but we're still NBA champions. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.